Titanfall 3 may be closer than expected as more and more clues continue to emerge. Both Titanfall 2 and Apex Legends seem to be pointing at an impending release or at least an announcement about Titanfall 3. Do the recent developments point to maybe even a shadow drop? Respawn has saw great success doing that with Apex Legends, so they may feel like trying it again. But the real question is, what about Call of Duty? Modern Warfare 3 is already making waves with its beta, and its release date is right around the corner. Titanfall, as a franchise, is very familiar with launching a little too close to the giant. That is Call of Duty. Now, I put all of the good information right here at the beginning so you don't have to go searching for it. It's a longer video because it's a live stream. So I open up with a monologue and then I discuss it with the live audience. If you don't want to miss out on the content, make sure you hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss my live shows. Those waiting for Titanfall 3 may not have to wait much longer. The leaks and clues surrounding this game continue to not just heat up, but they are stacking up in a way that is becoming more and more compelling. At this point, it is becoming undeniable that something is happening with the Titanfall franchise. The only question is, how and when will it happen? The lead that has been going on is is there are other considerations as well with Modern Warfare 3 releasing around the time of the speculation that Titanfall 3 may be landing. The first thing I want to do is recap what exactly is going on. This is no longer a leak on Reddit or somebody just sort of saying, hey, I heard something. There are clues in Apex, in patch notes, clues in Titan. Fall 2, there's things going on on the Titanfall YouTube channel as well as Twitter accounts. Second, I want to consider the possibility of a shadow drop. They had great success doing this with Apex Legends, and Titanfall 3, for all intents and purposes, is a well-kept secret if it is actually close to launching. But given the timing of Modern Warfare 3's launch, I have my own idea about what would be the most ideal choice. So lastly, I want to talk about what other potential outcomes could we see here. Suddenly dropping Titanfall 3 around the launch time of Call of Duty could feel like more than just deja vu. It would feel like history repeating itself. So first, I just want to walk through the recent developments because a lot of the times when you hear leaks and rumors about a game like Titanfall 3, you have to take it with a grain of salt. You have to kind of like say, well, this could just be something completely made up. But this is quite different. The clues and the hints have been stacking up so much that Games Radar had an article entitled Titanfall 3 hopefuls are getting desperate as respawn teasers continue. Quote, this is either God-tier trolling or a confession. There are fans who at this point have concluded that none of this can just simply be coincidence. Titanfall 3 must be real. Now, while some fun and joking could be had at the expense of some of the fans who think the new mode entitled The Other Side is a reference to a Red Hot Chili Pepper song, which was the third single from the album, another hint at the number Like, while we can kind of laugh at that, it certainly seems like there may be some merit to the paranoia or to the conspiracy theory crafting that's going on. And this comes from a community member, Parasito, here in this stream, put a bunch of stuff in my members-only Discord yesterday, I think is a nice rundown of things that have transpired. First, many Titanfall 2 devs, he said, have been tweeting about playing the game again including footage of them playing on a map called Forward Base Kodai, and that is heavily used 
uh, in Titanfall 2. Now, in light of the clues floating around and the transmission stuff that was in the patch notes, now you have devs tweeting. They're like, yeah, we're we're playing. And we're playing on Forward Base Kodai. Well, Forward Base Kodai is a pretty significant map. That's where BT delivers the iconic line, trust me, in the story. Now, again, this could be just pure coincidence but when coincidences start piling high enough they become more than just a pile of coincidences they actually stop becoming coincidences there seems to be a pattern more activity on twitter that gives a lot of confidence that something is coming respawn's own ceo liked a tweet that said quote titanfall deserves one more chance now again he could just be showing appreciation to a fan, but in light of all the clues that are floating around, I agree with the Reddit user who said, look, this is either just blatant trolling or it's a confession. Then there was the 300 reference, your rockets will blot out the sun, a reference to the 300 movie, there's your number three. It's also the text used in the three salvo rocket upgrade in the game. So the number three continues to be a theme. Apparently, also, Blinded by Science is a playlist with flavor text originally used for Wave 3 of Dry Dock Frontier Defense A. Also, this is allegedly something that has transpired that uh, this could obviously lead to some announcements and some videos. The Titanfall YouTube channel has recently reached an unlisted video count of three. But last and certainly not least, the current Apex season is named Resurrection, and it ends on October 31st. Titanfall 2's original release date was October the 28th, which is coincidentally a three-day difference. I think that one's probably not as meaningful. I do think it is a tad prophetic that the current season in Apex is called Resurrection if they are in fact planning on resurrecting the Titanfall franchise. Due to the Apex Legends patch notes being utilized in this barrage of clues and hints, many think that Apex season ending will actually lead to the dropping of Titanfall 3. Like they're just going to shadow drop the game right after the Apex season is over on the 31st. Or there could be an announcement of some kind on that date basically this would turn october 31st which is a tuesday into the official release of titanfall 3 in some people's minds and some of the theories that are floating around so i want to talk about that first i've got some ideas of what they could do here but what would a shadow drop look like okay well the first thing to consider here is that respawn likes to go against the grain Apex Legends was something that they literally did basically in secret, and they hoped that EA would be okay with it. Beyond that, they approached the marketing and the launch of Apex Legends in a very different way. Honestly, it was a stroke of genius because taking on Fortnite seemed insurmountable at the time. Utilizing streamer culture and the organic hype around leaks and rumors, it really worked well in their favor. It certainly feels like they are taking a similar approach this time around. Rather than just straight up market the game the old-fashioned way with a press release, then an announcement trailer, and then gameplay, and the like, they've just slowly started dropping hints and clues, knowing that the virality of rumors and leaks is often stronger than any trailer or announcement. So in principle, I actually agree with the idea of going for a more grassroots strategy, and at some level it seems to be working. Mysteries beg to be solved, and they are keeping the attention of the gaming world to a certain degree and the ramp-up will likely only increase. Their greatest obstacle, however, 
is their long-standing nemesis in Call of Duty. Right now, Modern Warfare 3 is dominating the social media spaces as well as streaming and YouTube. Their best approach, I would think, is that if Respawn is planning on doing something with Titanfall 3, I would wait until after October the 16th, which is when the Modern Warfare 3 beta is over. But if they plan to shadow drop Titanfall 3 on October the 31st, I really have to question the wisdom of that. It would feel like another foolhardy attempt to take on the Leviathan that is Call of Duty. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 launches on November the 10th, and we all know the lead-up to that will likely be trailers, hype, and excitement. Right now, everybody seems to be really enjoying the beta. So you'd have maybe four or five days into November to get a little bit of traction with Titanfall 3, and then Modern Warfare 3 would steal all of the thunder and all of the momentum. Now I'm going to touch on other potential outcomes and strategies in a moment, because I want to put forth an idea that we had during the Writer's Room member segment that we end every day with, where you can kind of be part of the planning phase of the next day's show, and we had this idea as we were discussing this. A potentially very effective and subversive strategy here would be to launch a Titanfall 3 beta that runs from October 31st to November the 9th. If you've got a killer product and you really want to land an effective blow, you get in and you get out with a beta. Especially if you have the common sense to launch Titanfall 3 whenever Modern Warfare 3 starts to hit a downturn. Every Call of Duty launches the same way. To great applause and praise, and then reality settles in, the problems start to show themselves, skill-based matchmaking drives players like myself away, and everybody decries it as the worst, or terrible, or this is the worst Call of Duty yet. I mean, it's a simple, simple pattern that always tends to repeat itself. Well, that's when you would want to launch Titanfall 3, especially if you have everyone given sort of a taste of Titanfall 3 right before Modern Warfare 3 launches. Like a sort of gnawing whisper or splinter in the mind of the player, they're going to remember how fun and fresh Titanfall 3 felt. There's no real chance for the honeymoon phase to die because it was just a week-long beta. This, to me, would be the 900 IQ play. Don't take Call of Duty on, like, head-on. Plant a seed, and then wait for the perfect time to strike. They learned their lesson with Titanfall 2, so I could see them, you know, not wanting to make the same mistake again, which is why I think there are a lot of potential outcomes here. So what are the other outcomes? Are we even looking at an actual Titanfall 3 release date or something else? There's obviously a lingering concern here that this is just a game mode or something that they're going to be doing inside of Apex Legends. It's their cash cow, and they've all but said that that's primarily where their focus is. Given all the hints and clues, I think that would be a pretty bad play on Respawn's part. Players would likely be more irritated than excited, like hinting to your kids that you're going to an amusement park and then you just take them to the park down the street. You can't plant the seed of something huge and then do something less than that. So I think it's very unlikely that they're just kind of goofing around or messing around and then they're just going to do something fun in Apex Legends. I don't think that would go over very well at all. So, I think a likely outcome is that they don't have something planned for the 31st that's the game itself. That feels very fast. So... If they don't do a beta, because I think that's the best strategy, and they're not shadow dropping the game, I would see at least a trailer or an announcement. That would be pretty tectonic. 
In the lull between the Modern Warfare 3 beta and the launch of Modern Warfare 3, Titanfall 3 could become a headline dominator. They could basically be the game that's talked about in that vacuum. This could be similar to the effectiveness of a beta. You announce a launch date and you know it's going to land during the downturn of Modern Warfare 3, let's say two months into the release. Typically about two months into the release of a Call of Duty or a brand new season, that's when people start dropping off the most. That's a great time to land. You soak up all of the disaffected Call of Duty players and it's very similar at launch. Everybody gets hyped, plays for a month or so, they start complaining, and then they slowly disengage. Given that the Titanfall YouTube channel has three unlisted videos, I would expect those to be published before anything actually happens. And that could be something that they're waiting on right now with the Modern Warfare 3 beta happening. After October 16th, when the Modern Warfare 3 beta concludes, they would have the back half of October to essentially market, announce, or leak anything that they want. I would expect anything, at the very least, to not happen until after the Modern Warfare 3 beta is over. Is over. But if I'm going to be honest, this whole thing just feels impossible. It feels like a dream. For years, Respawn has acted like Titanfall 3 wasn't even on the table. It's always been spoken about like it was a post-it note in a boardroom. Like, eh, we'll get to that one day. For it to be potentially in the works right now, maybe even close enough to public consumption that we get to play it anytime soon, that just feels like a distant dream. It doesn't feel possible. Titanfall 2 to this day is one of the best, if not the best, FPS campaigns that I have ever played. And it has always felt like Titanfall 2 was shot in the leg before it even got an attempt to run. When I think about the potential of a Titanfall 3, I just hope Respawn doesn't fall victim to their own hubris and rebel attitude. What they did with Apex certainly deserves some respect, but they went against the expectations of their publisher and even the public. More than that, they attempted a completely new concept to video game marketing and video game releases. I could see a sort of respawn magic mythos in the offices and in the executive hive mind thinking, hey, we did this once, we can do it again. That level of confidence could be deadly. No matter what happens, respawn has certainly set a high bar for themselves, not just because Titanfall 2 was good and folks want another game, but because leaks and clues lead to hype about the unknown, which leaves players, fans, and the public to their own imagination. And as we've seen time and time again, game reception and success is heavily linked to expectations. At this point, we can safely say that the Titanfall franchise is doing something. But for now, and this seems to be what Respawn wants, the rest is a mystery. So let me give you my thoughts And my conclusion on this, if Titanfall 3 wasn't happening, I would imagine Respawn would be correcting the current narrative. Their silence combined with more clues and hints and tweets, I think that's the strongest confirmation we're going to get from a non-confirmation, right? It's a very, very strong form of confirmation to not say, hey, we're, we're not doing that. They're not doing that. They're not shutting this down, but they're seemingly adding fuel to the fire. I, I think that if you're just having fun, if you're just kind of testing things out, if you're just planning a mode for Apex Legends, that will 
no pun intended, probably blow up in their face. I don't think it would be received as a joke or something that was funny. I think fans would feel rightly manipulated. And I think that would be a justifiable place to be irritated and say, why didn't you guys just tell us that that's not what you were doing, but you had something really great in store for us. At least we would have been able to shelve the expectation that a Titanfall 3 was coming. The second thing I want to say is, shadow dropping a game is insanely risky, especially when you stand to go head-to-head with the biggest monster in the room. Call of Duty is not to be trifled with. We learned from one of the Activision hearings that even the worst Call of Duty in recent years, Vanguard, it was still a top-selling game for the year. As much as I've been critical about where I think the Modern Warfare 3 campaign's gonna land, and I think it's gonna be disappointing and stretched out padded DLC, the multiplayer for Modern Warfare 3 seems to be hitting the right tone with the community. Competing with a new Call of Duty is like Woody trying to compete with Buzz Lightyear in Toy Story. You're just going to get bumped off the bed or bumped off the shelf for the shiny new toy. And Call of Duty is impressive in how they always manage to make it feel bigger and shinier than the last one. Even if it isn't. My conclusion is this. I'm pretty convinced that Titanfall 3 is real and that it's coming. And I can't believe I'm even saying that. As far as I can tell, it's only a matter of when and how. My personal contention is that a beta in the lead-up to Modern Warfare 3 launch would be the brilliant stroke of genius. It would be the third times a charm moment for Titanfall. The question is, can a Titanfall 3 stand tall enough in a market flooded with battle royales and first-person shooters, or will it fly too close to the sun that is Call of Duty and, ironically, be another Titan that falls? And that's the show open. Thank you guys so much for being here. I think that this is a really, really fun discussion and subject because this could really be another big moment for respawn to actually like do a surprise job a drop i'm sorry to do a surprise release or a beta or something with a title that they've all but said yeah we're not doing that they've seemingly said no many many times and to suddenly do it i think would be a huge surprise guys do me a favor it's friday Let's celebrate Friday by getting the like count up. There's over 400 people here. We should easily have 200 likes by now. Let's get the daily goal up there. And you guys have gotten the member count to 2,500. So you're well within reach of Fright Night. We'll do a Fright Night every Friday this month. Madam and I will play some scary games for you guys uh, if you can hit that goal. Greatly, greatly appreciate you. We think you're awesome, and we and we love doing those streams with you guys. So make sure you get those numbers up if you can, if you can contribute. If you can't, well, make sure you're here tonight if you're a member or consider becoming one. At the very least, make sure you're subscribed to the channel because that ensures you don't miss these talk shows. Make sure you also smash the like button. Those are some of the best ways to support the channel. And I'm curious what you guys think about this Titanfall 3 situation. If, if, if this is just them kind of messing around and having fun, right? And is that the first one? Hang on, let me check the fan funding. Sorry, I, I don't want to. I don't want to skip anybody. Mike onto Mike shot first, and so did Han Solo. Thanks for the first gifted member during the show open. Then a two spot from Boss Man Davey says, "I'll believe it when I see it." Titanfall two best multiplayer, and then an ancient 
becomes a renews a member and then joker quinn gifts a member dk Baker gifts a member we got a little gifted member train going thank you so much three already for the day a right a nice strong start and a five dollar super chat tip from mike on to mike thank you guys so much curious where you guys land on this are we getting titanfall 3 like is it actually real right is it actually real? Has it actually happened? Thank you, Spectre Gent, for doing three months and a VIP. Titanfall 3 would immediately pull me from Call of Duty, except for zombies. Ryan Wait with seven months. Well, on the way to a year, I'll be upgrading to my own Plus membership when I get a browser. Mobile sucks. Yeah, I wish they let you guys upgrade your memberships easier on, on, on mobile. I don't know why they make it so uh, hard. Titanfall 3 is coming. <clears throat> you may have a glass of water now. Thank you. Five gifted members coming in from Rissick. Thank you so much, Rissick. We're trying to get our man Feed in here. We'll see if we can't get him in here today. We'll see if you guys can't have a banger day and hit the huge member goal. If not, you still got next week as well to try to hit it. We've had huge Fridays in the past it's not unusual for us to really blow the doors off on a friday my youtube is broken i can't send gifts guys ragnarok can't send gifts you're gonna have to do it for him instead my man big mole hits a whole year of membership respawn were independent and ea and the publisher for titanfall 2 there was a lot of speculation ea released it when they did between call of duty and battlefield deliberately Apparently, we've looked into that, and Respawn was the real push for that, which is insane to me. That's a lot of hubris. To think that you're going to take on Call of Duty, Derek says, you may as well have pinked and pointed into the camera with that monologue closer of a pun. Oh, you like that? I I don't like doing enders like that, but I thought, oh, this one's too good. Like, I wrote the line, and I was like, that's a pretty good line. I'm going to leave it. <laughs> uh I think you meant to say I might as well have winked and pointed into the camera with the monologue closer pun. That's right. Sven says, how proud are you with that closing line? You guys like that? Did you like the closing line? <laughs> Listen, man, I get a little word smithy sometimes with the monologues. I like writing. I've, you know, I've got a, I've, I've, I used to, I used to write in the past and uh, I'm kind of practicing my writing skills with writing my monologue so i appreciate that very very much i like that you guys enjoy that (laughs) oh man uh i do think titanfall 2 is in development i mean they've got unlisted videos on the youtube channel you got the ceo liking tweets that say titanfall deserves another chance you've got clues in apex patch notes you've got clues inside of titanfall 2 i mean there's a lot going on I i would say that They've all but confirmed without confirming that something with Titanfall is coming. Like, something's coming, right? More closing lines, Mr. Wordsmith. That's the hardest part of the monologue, I'll have you guys know, because I have to do two enders. I have to do two enders to every monologue. I do the soft end that we use in the repurposed upload, and then I got to do the real end. So it's like I got to do two enders. Dan, with 26 months in a VIP, Honda and shoot first. That implies there was a second shot. 
uh, Han Shot and Greedo died into story. Thank you so much, Dan. Love you, fan. Keep up the awesome content. Thank you very much. Two months from Force of Will. I had to be on PC to upgrade my membership. I've been trying to figure it out anyway. Love the content. Thank you so much, Force of Will. 22 months from Deathside. The question is, even if they get away from Call of Duty, do the fact that arena shooters are not strong like they used to, good show, keep it up. Right, that's always going to be the question. Is there room? Is there room for arena shooters right now? Like, are arena shooters being put out to pasture ever so slowly, right? You like the coffee rotator? My producer doesn't like it, but I do. I like it. I like people knowing that there's two flavors. If you guys order coffee, make sure you fill out the username portion of the order form so I can shout you out in uh, in the email that I get. Borderlands 3 Ultimate Edition is coming to Switch. And hey, somebody ordered some coffee, and it's Talica. She orders a bag of the Dark Roast. Thank you so much, Talica. The first coffee order of the day. If you guys are curious about the coffee, we just brought back the Light Roast. We also have a Dark Roast. We have all the flavor information. Just go to ReforgeRoast.com. If you're a coffee drinker, you got to try it at least once. It's not like a sponsor or something. This is mine. We have it roasted, bagged, shipped to my house. We then ship it to you. You'll get a little thank you note from my kiddo. Make sure you guys are smashing that like button, though. That is free to do, and it does help out the video. We want to set our sights on 200 likes right now. And then chime in in the chat. All you got to do is subscribe to Talk in Chat. Subscribing is totally free, and it ensures that you're here for the streams and the videos, but it also lets you talk in chat, and you can let us know what you think about the Titanfall three rumors the leaks the theories what do you think's coming do you think they try to go head to head with call of duty yeah feed is in the chat mark miller's here we're trying to get feed a gifted member we can't click on his name and gift i will one day we're hoping that we have that feature that would be amazing as an actual product you sell it's worth getting it in motion uh to get attention to it yeah i like it i think it's good patrick gifts a member thank you so much patrick q and it goes to t-bone thank you so much for doing that patrick q you guys get a little train going today and we just might unlock fright night after how many bags of coffee do i get input on what college your kids go to i mean considering i'm paying for it (laughs) Listen, I know you order a lot of coffee, Zubair, but I don't know what college you think they're going to go to on coffee orders alone. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm a massive fan of Titanfall and Apex, says Salty Gamer. I've played them all for hours and a day, and I'd love to see another Titanfall with Titanfall 3. How do I buy coffee? Well, there's a coffee command you can type in chat, or you can go to reforgeroast.com. And I am wearing another great shirt from EC77. Use code LONO at EC77.co. I love their shirts. They have like a, they just made up a band's name, The Wolves with an X. And they've got all sorts of great, great shirts over there. Really high quality. Even if you don't want graphic tees, they've got nice regular t-shirts. They fit nice. They look nice. I love when a shirt fits me correctly and isn't like baggy. We got some members coming in a 10 bomb from Rissick. He tops us off, but then another one comes in from Force of Will with a 5 bomb. So that takes us to 19, but then that takes us to 24. Thank you guys so, so much. Keep it going. A little member train 
that you can add to very easily. You guys are the absolute best. Hit that dollar sign at the bottom of the chat. There's new icons on Twitch for gifted members and super chats. And Jay Wright with the single. He helps us hit 25 and then Rob V comes in as the Agents of Chaos taking us to 26. Rolls it over already. That means I got to give five. Every 25, I give five. So the new milestone means I got to do another five. You guys can keep upping that ante. I have gifted sometimes upwards of 50 members because of your generosity. And we're trying to get feed in the door. What? What platform? What platform are you talking about, Abe? Uh, Another gifted member from Mike on DeMike. Thank you so much. Uh, Spider-Man 2 Adidas shoe. I know. I want to get them, but I would feel so, so freaking bad. What platform? What did I say? Did I say Twitch? Did I say Twitch? <laughs> Why did I say that? <laughs> anyway, Rissick comes in with another gifted member. Thank you so, so much. I got to add Mike on the mic, and I got to add Rissick over here to 28. Serious question, says Derek. What if Titanfall 3 devs and the publisher saw the other big games fumbling, and they just kept it zipped and didn't say anything, took their time with the game, and it's like perfect, and like, boom. I said Twitch instead of YouTube. I still got the old... The old man is still rattling around in my brain, right? I'm trying to kill him every day. I gifted a member, and I just got gifted one back in return. That's called paying it forward. That is called paying it forward. If you are one of the lucky ones that got a gifted membership, you can always pay it forward, gift a single member, and get somebody else in the door as well. Uh, You can upgrade to member plus and get out of the gifted member pool. It frees up space. There's a lot of folks who cannot afford a membership, and that's the beauty of gifted members. And Silent Warrior orders some coffee. Five bags. Goodness gracious. This man orders five bags of the Dark Roast. Thank you so much. Now you read the question, but you didn't answer it. Well, here's the thing. The difficulty with answering your question is that doesn't answer if an arena shooter can be good right now. Well, maybe not be good. That's not the right that's not the right, right way to phrase it. Can an arena shooter be successful right now? Right? I I happen to think they'd have to offer something larger than an arena shooter. Number 1, you got Titans anyway, so you can't exactly do small maps. They never really did small maps to begin with, but even if what you're saying is true, they look at these other really big games kind of fumbling and kind of messing up, and they're like, let's just learn from all their mistakes. Can you learn from a market trend of rejection? Right? If the market is rejecting arena shooters right now, I'm not saying that it is, but let's just say that's what they conclude. They're like, the market's not really embracing the arena shooter anymore because the battle royale scene is just so large. I don't know what the funnel looks like for Call of Duty's arena gameplay versus, you know, Warzone. I have no idea. All I know is I don't really see any other arena shooters out there doing all that well. Now, you've got smaller shooters that are doing well, but they're not just an arena. You've got Valorant. Well, come on. That's a like that's a strategy-based, econ-based, class-based arena shooter 
There's a lot going on there. Like, Valorant's not just like, yep, it's an arena shooter. Well, no, it's way more complex than that. You can't you can't strip it down to just one thing and be like, well, yeah, it's an arena shooter, so arena shooters are doing really well. Like, Valorant's far more than that, okay? It's basically like CSGO and Overwatch had a baby, okay? And Rainbow Six Siege, right? You, would, you wouldn't look at Rainbow Six Siege and say, oh, there's an arena shooter. No, there's so much to it. There's so much tactical strategy going on that I don't think you would look at that and say, oh yeah, that's 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 an arena shooter. Titanfall 1 and 2 was essentially the speed and the fun and the quick twitchiness of a like a Call of Duty with with the largeness of a Titan and the largeness of like larger spaces kind of added in. It kind of like came together. The question would be is is that a strong enough hook to stand tall in the market right now. I, I, I don't know if it is. I really don't. I, I don't know if people are going to suddenly rally around a, an arena shooter. I, I, the, the palette of the player just seems to have changed, and it seems to have really embraced the battle royale over the meat grinder of the arena shooter. John always with 25 months and a VIP. What if Titanfall 3 moved away from PvP and went looter shooter I leave multiplayer to Apex. There's something to be said about that. Maybe not a looter shooter, but like, there's something to be said for, take everything I just said, and if Respawn is determined that like, well, Titanfall 3 can't just be an arena shooter, we need to really turn it into a battle royale. You already have a battle royale that you're doing well with, right? So why would you try to do another one? So I don't, I don't really know where they're where their PvP would land. A $5 super chat tip from Boss Man Davey says, I think most big FPS games are fumbling because they've deviated so far away from what made them fun. Simplicity, that's why people are craving Titanfall 3. Yeah, but look at what happened to Splitgate. Splitgate was exactly what you're talking about. It was just it was just fun. Just good old-fashioned arena shooter fun. And it didn't last. It didn't last. I'm telling you, it's it's the it's the intrinsic quality of feeling like a meat grinder. So when you play an arena shooter, I feel like the experience really exists on a binary. You're either winning or you're losing. And this is why skill-based matchmaking is such such an enormous frustration, but it also feels like such an enormous necessity. Right, Lone Wolf with 12 months and a VIP. That's a gold badge. I got my gold badge thanks to the content, Lono. You've changed my mindset from a massive Xbox defender to someone who questions them when necessary. Thanks to everyone in this great community. I love that you said you've become somebody who will question them, and you're like, you're still a fan, but you're going to question them. Like that's That, I think, is high praise. Thank you. Um... What was I saying? Oh yeah, so intrinsically it's a meat grinder exists on a binary. This is why skill-based matchmaking is so frustrating, but also seemingly so necessary, right? Because arena shooters exist so much on a binary, you're either winning or you're losing, and that largely affects how fun the game feels. This is why I feel, at least this is this is my opinion. When I played Modern Warfare 2, the skill-based matchmaking whiplash was so extreme because they're having to so aggressively protect the lion's share of the player base that are just terrible, okay? They're just terrible. They're bad at the game. 
they're always going to be bad at the game, okay? They don't even know how bad they are. But skill-based matchmaking has to protect them so aggressively that someone like me, I'm a very mediocre player. I can put up like a 1KD. Well, I get treated as if I'm a pro, and I'm not. It's like, hey, buddy, you had a pretty good game. Get out of here. And then I end up in, 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 in lobbies that are miserable and not fun. And I just stop playing because... I play very casually. I just want to laugh. I just want to put up very, very average meager stats. Like, if I can put up a 1KD, I'm happy. If I start getting obliterated by people who sweat and play all day, and I start dropping into the negatives on KD, it's like, well, I'll just go play something else. I The game's not fun. Like, <laughs> the game is fun, but it's not that fun. Like, there's not enough fun there to, to push through. So this is why I think arena shooters struggle. Like, if there's a Titanfall 3, and if Titanfall 3's multiplayer is arena, that's the problem you've got to consider, is that arena shooters very much feel like a binary of, if you're winning, it's fun. If you're losing, it's terrible. If you lose too often, you will stop playing. You know, so they got to keep everybody like a 50% win ratio, so they stay in the dadgum player funnel. And so skill-based matchmaking has to be, you know, very apparent, almost deducible and measurable. When it fires, you can basically tell when it happens. And if that's going to happen in a Titanfall 3, Titanfall 3 is going to end up like so many other arena shooters where you spark up like a bottle rocket and it's like, this is so fun, this is great, and then it fizzles out very quickly. Because I just, I don't think... The arena shooter has the legs that it once did. This is something that I think everybody forgets. Like, if you go back in time and you're like, dude, I played those arena shooters for months and months and months, and I just kept playing. Yeah, there was nothing else to play at the time. You had not been exposed to Battle Royale. You had not been exposed to longer tail engagement patterns and longer tail engagement rhythms. All you knew was boot up, talk to your friends, jump in, play, right? And I understand what you're saying, boss man, that like Splitgate, nobody ever heard of it. Titanfall's a household name. I, I think you're I think you're being a little uncharitable to Splitgate. Splitgate was so popular that they had to buy more server allocation. Like they kind of had a moment there, right? That they weren't even ready for. Sadly, they weren't ready for it. They didn't have enough server, you know, capacity. For the surge of interest that that uh, that hit their game. Hey, another order of coffee. Thank you so much. Your name starts with the letter J. I can't say. I don't want to say your full name. Thanks for ordering a bag of dark roast. Whenever you guys order the coffee, there's a place to put your username. I'll be able to shout you out on the stream when that happens. I can't shout your full name, right? I can't do that. I wouldn't say household either. People got the memory of a goldfish. Yeah, I don't know if Titanfall's a household name anymore. Do you know? Like, is it a household name? It, like, go ask all... Like, I could go ask my nephews. Like, you guys know what Titanfall is? Well, they actually do, because one of them played Titanfall 2 on my Xbox because he heard from one of his friends, like, it was really good. And he was, like, playing through the campaign. So maybe they are aware of it. I don't know. It, I think that, I, again, the, the difficulty isn't even brand awareness. It's not even that. It's not even brand awareness. It's... Do a re- does an arena shooter have legs? I, I just don't think it does. Call of Duty is the only one that seems to be able to maintain a player base in their arena shooter, and it's like they're the they're the big daddy, right? 
they're the big daddy in the room like they, of course they're able to carry a decent player base with their arena shooter of course they can why well because because they're the godfather like they're the godfather of arena shooters so of course they're going well maybe not the godfather the great great grandfather of arena shooters is doom followed by quake followed by unreal tournament and call of duty but you get the point call of duty took the arena shooter further than anybody else and I don't know if in this in this modern landscape, if there's a if there's a large enough player pool that wants to play a game like that week in, week out, month in, month out. I feel like you're gonna lose people. You're always gonna lose people. A battle pass can only take you so far. You know, new maps can only take you so far. It's a meat grinder. It's a meat grinder. You remember that clip of Dr. Disrespect? playing Call of Duty Vanguard and he was like go 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 and he would like run out he would kill one or two people and then he would die and he'd be like go 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 I think honestly that is a comedic microcosm of what the arena shooter is that's what it is like it's spawn run 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 to a choke point get a kill or two and then you're dead right spawn run to a choke point Get a kill or two, and then you're dead. Over and over and over again. And unless you're one of like the top, top shelf players, some guy tweeted and he said, you know, Call of Duty movement is back and so am I. And he's just smoking fools on Rust. He's back at home on Rust. And he's just putting people in the dirt, right? Well, when you play at that level, sure, an arena shooter is a lot of fun. But if you're not playing at that level, you're largely having the experience that I just outlined. You 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 spawn 10 feet, you run, I'm mean, sorry, you spawn, you run 10 feet, get a kill or two, and then you die. That's it. That's the game. Over and over and over and over again. Force of Will, thank you so much for doing a member plus. Appreciate you so, so much. Think about it like this. We've been talking about this recently with live service games and we've been talking about how a content loop how you keep it fresh and if you think about a content loop of rhythmic circles that you run and as long as those circles are varied and different the game feels fresh the difficulty with an arena shooter is that regardless of the map you're largely doing the exact same thing over and over and over and over again the space between experiences is incredibly small the space between you dying the space between you getting a kill and the space between you getting like a kill streak real real small now contrast that to a battle royale what happens in a battle royale richard rodriguez with a two dollars says concord will be the best shooter when released there's no reason to think or say that it could be garbage we know nothing about that game um, so think about your experience in a battle royale it's very different it's drawn out you drop and then you loot and then maybe you get in a gunfight and then maybe you travel a far distance and then maybe you get in another gunfight and then maybe you hide for a little bit and then maybe you run for a little bit what's happening is is that the rhythm of repetition is more spread out so you're way less likely to burn out in an environment like that. And that's the challenge of a Titanfall 3. If Titanfall 3 lands and they're like, yep, 
we've got eight maps and a couple of modes and you know you basically you run around and get kills or you run around and try and capture the flag or you run around and try and maintain a domination point right the same the same three game modes are the only ones that anybody really ever wants to play I don't think that lasts I don't think it does it doesn't matter how fun it is it just doesn't you're gonna hit that I've done this enough you're gonna hit that point so so fast I don't think it's avoidable with arena shooters I just think they're too contained you end up feeling like you've repeated the same thing too close in succession it, it, it's happening it's happening too close let's let's use like an album as an example let's say on a particular album your favorite tracks are you know three six and nine. And you just listen to the album all the way through. And every time those songs come around, you're like, yep, these are my favorite. These are my favorite. Now I want you to imagine taking that same album and 3, 6, and 9, and you just take 3, 6, and 9 off of the album. You shove the rest of the album off the table, and you just listen to 3, 6, 9, 3, 6, 9, 3, 6, 9, right? Maybe you shuffle it, 3, 9, 6, 9, 3, 6, you know, whatever. Well, now there's less space in between the time that you're hearing those tracks. So, your familiarity with those tracks, you're going to have a downward slope of enjoyment being expedited by the speed with which you experience those songs. Does that make sense? And that's what arena shooters do. The, the, The big, long tail, elongated experience of a battle royale, they shrink that down. And they're like, mm mm. Spawn run die spawn run kill spawn run kill die spawn run die kill spawn run die kill spawn kill die like that's all you're doing that's it there's no in between there's no narrative there's nothing it's just that over and over and over and over and over and over again and that's why it feels like a meat grinder it's like the time between those experiences are incredibly small this is why i don't think arena shooters have legs Thanatos with 14 months and it's a member plus what if they do both looter shooter to get better gear then go in and capture flag modes not sure if that's possible taking loot into pvp ask destiny how that's gone Derek says is the very tiny short constant chase to do just a little better next round and the tendency of the kill death ratio for most of the players to be one is that a perfect trap and that's why it works if your kill death ratio is perpetually hovering just at or above or below a one, you're constantly going to feel like if you only played just a tiny bit better, you would move the needle. Yeah, maybe. I just, again, I don't think that's a compelling offer. I don't think it's a compelling offer. I think people burn out really quick. Familiarity breeds contempt. If you want to keep people in your game for a really long time, you have to have varied content loops. You have to be doing A for a while and then B for a while and then C for a while and then back to A for a while. What happens in a in a in an arena shooter is it's just like A A A A little bit of B A A A little bit of B A it's just over and over and over again. I think that's why people I think that's why they don't last. I think burnout burnout happens so much faster. Butter says Look at the skill ceiling that can be attained in Titanfall and Fortnite versus Call of Duty. Call of Duty is just easier when you compare it that way. I'm not sure what you mean. Loot and PvP is not a problem. The constant need for Glimmer for modifying gear is the problem. 
I covered Destiny for half of a decade, and the primary problem always, always that came up in PvP was the fact that you could take gear into PvP. Your god roll versus my trash roll. That, that's, that, that, was, that, that was a problem, and they've never gotten away from that problem, ever. Here's a cool ability. This cool ability is complemented by this exotic, and it's imbalanced. Everybody hates it. Everybody wants to uninstall. Well, now we've nerfed it. Well, now everybody's angry because it was actually fun, and that ability and that exotic were really great in PvE, and now you nerfed it, and now I'm mad because I can't do this thing I was once doing. Loot, getting and taking loot and abilities meant for a PvE environment, and you take that into PvP, whoever thought that was a good idea, I mean, they're probably out here selling bridges to people wearing blindfolds. Like, come on, dude. That is such a terrible idea. It really, really is. All these games that try to blend PvE and PvP, it it never goes well. The most successful long-standing PvP games are... Track with me here. They're just PvP games. That's it. That's what they are. Whether it's Fortnite or Apex or H1 or PUBG or Overwatch or Valorant or CSGO, that's it. That's the game. It's not like... Well, I mean, you can go over here and you can run in a cave and after you run in a cave for 20 minutes, you might get a really good gun from a boss and then if you get that good gun from a boss and you can go get an exotic from over here and when you wear that exotic and you put on this ability, you can burn somebody with two seconds of dot damage and then they're going to die when they go around the corner and they're going to cuss your mother and then they're going to want to uninstall and we think that's a really great experience. Oh, we got to put out a patch notes. Yeah, the burn damage has been nullified. Like, what the frick are we doing here? here separate them like if you want to have a successful pvp game you got to separate them you it's i've i don't think anybody and and nobody's proven this wrong nobody's proven this wrong what proves it right every time is like well what are the games with the largest funnels and what are the games that seemingly have an easier time balancing things and keeping things fresh the games where it's just a pvp game you know when you try to do both like let's go back to titanfall 2 and just ask the question What made Titanfall 2 so tight and so enjoyable? What made Titanfall 1 so tight and so enjoyable? What was it? You had like four guns. That's it. That was it. You didn't have 25 guns. You didn't have a bunch of abilities. You didn't have gear. You had like four or five guns. That was it. So what do you do? You got to get good. You got to get good with one of those weapons. Yeah, what a handful of titans to choose from, and the titans themselves had a handful of weapons to choose from, and that's it. That's all you got. You in a battlefield, and there's like 38 guns, 26 attachments, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Santa Claus, a partridge, a pear tree, and a couple different grenade types. And it's like, oh my gosh, there's a litany of things here that could be way stronger or way weaker or needing buffed or needing nerfed or whatever. Get out of here. The reason that Titanfall 1 and 2 worked and people loved it and it was almost like like Titanfall 1 was like a cult classic in many people's minds it was that was it there was like four or five guns that's it then you got to rely on other things you got to rely on skill of movement and map awareness and aim and all those other things that come into play when you're playing a game like that instead of being like well just run this gun and it's got the best TTK and uh you know Dolphin dive and spray a FAMAS across the room. 
get out of here. What made Titanfall 2 and Titanfall 1? I mean, Titanfall 1's beta, I remember. I will never forget this. Titanfall 1 beta was smoother and more consistent and more reliable than some of the biggest shooters on the market at the time. Why? It was a, it was a stripped down stick to your core competencies. There's four guns, there's a titan or two, there's a weapon or two, boom. Rock solid game, rock solid engine. Everything about it was was it seemed it seemed almost fake. It was like, "Come on, there's no way it's running this well." Y'all remember that? Do you remember when you played the Titanfall 1 beta? I was in disbelief. It's like, we've been playing years and years of buggy, half-baked shooter launches, and Titanfall's like, yeah, here's a beta. It's going to run better than a lot of the AAA Studios games that come out with larger budgets and larger teams. Didn't even make any sense. Like, how is this possible? Made those games good means nothing for longevity oh that's exactly right nothing I'm saying has anything to do with longevity it has to do with why it felt good it has to do with why somebody says somebody made the suggestion like we'll make Titanfall 3 a looter and you go get loot and then you can take that loot into PvP and I'm like tell you what why don't you just shoot the game in the leg and launch it next to Call of Duty and call it a day just kill another game while you're at it. That's what that would do. You can't have a game where you go get loot and take it into PvP. It does. It's terrible. You have to keep them separate. Cool Spoon says, I also think that Titanfall 1 had more Titan customization. It was so much more free. Titanfall 2 played into the hero shooter aspects with specific Titan loadouts, and I didn't enjoy it as much. I just I feel like Titanfall 3 is between a rock and a hard place. We're assuming that Titanfall 3 is coming. We're assuming that it exists, right? It's between a rock and a hard place. The rock and the hard place is arena shooters don't seem to have legs and battle royales battle royales are a saturated market. Not to mention Respawn already has a battle royale. So it's like yeah, arena shooters really struggle and Apex exists already. That's where, like, Titanfall 3 is between that rock and that hard spot. Like, how in the world do you make yourself distinct? I mean, I know the Titans would certainly help, but it would, again, it would just be an arena shooter with some robots. Uh, Richard Rodriguez with a $2 super chat tip. Just want to, just want a new mill sim shooter. No aliens, no robots. Yeah, a new mill sim shooter wouldn't do that good. I, you know, I, I just, I think we've got so many, we've got so, we've got a long history of those. When you get a chance, can you share your thoughts on your playthrough of AC Mirage? Uh, were enough refinements made? I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to dislodge our conversation and start talking about a separate game. If you want to know my thoughts, the best thing to do would be to go watch the tail end of the gameplay. Um, you know, watch the last 10 minutes probably, and you'll get my thoughts. It's, it's better than I expected. And I would actually play it off stream. That's a pretty strong endorsement from me. Are Battle Royale saturated? Is 3 really the saturation point? Ward Huff gives a member, bumps a line to 29. One more would be a nice, nice layup. You guys slow down a little bit, but there's still plenty of time to hit the next big member goal. Tell you what, while we're talking about goals, we're about an hour into the stream. Make sure you guys have smashed the like button. Let's set our sights on 300 likes. Nice turnout for a Friday. 
little bit of a different Friday today. No stream with Mike, but there is a member stream tonight. And you guys can dictate what happens tonight. If you go crazy with gifted members, we will do a Fright Night tonight. No matter what, Madam and I will be streaming tonight. But we'll be playing scary games if you guys can hit that member goal. Did Feed get it yet? I don't think so. You've toyed with my feelings today. Now I'm sad that Titanfall 3 will never happen. Oh no, it's coming. I I think it's real, and I think it's coming. I think they've got videos already on their YouTube ready to go. I think we see something as early as October the 17th, October 20th, somewhere in that window. Once the MW3 bait is over, I think they start rolling something out. They start doing something. Porsche fan with a $5 super chat tip says people are forgetting that the people who made Titanfall left respawn made their own studio so I personally think Titanfall 3 won't be as good hail as old as time you lose your talent you lose your talent and it affects the games it affects the things it affects the products that you guys come out with you know it, it does we've seen that happen time and time again that's really soon I think it's coming. I think it's happening. Monthly VIP flex detonator with 25 months. Thank you so much. They won't shadow drop Titanfall 3. Well, let me give you guys a recap on what I think the best course of action would be. I think I think people are going with this idea that they're going to shadow drop the game on the 31st. I think that's a terrible idea. James Carr with 13 months. Thanks so much. It's a VIP plus. Welcome back, James. I think shadow dropping Titanfall 3 on the 31st would be a terrible idea. Awful. 10 days later, MW3 comes out. I think the best idea, I put this in the show open, we discussed this yesterday during the writer's room. It's an end of the day segment we do for member plus and above where you can help us plan the next day's show. And we were talking about this and I said, I think the 900 IQ play is a beta. You do a Titanfall 3 beta from October 31st to November the 9th. And then that's it. You just go dark. You know, that's it. You don't say anything. You say, all right, thanks so much. We'll see you guys soon. And they're like, what? See you soon? What? Come back. <laughs> what do you mean? And then everybody's going to go play Modern Warfare 3. Everybody's going to go play Modern Warfare 3. James Carr with the five gifted members. Thank you so much, James. This guy is so generous. Almost always renewing the membership and then gifting some more. Thank you so much for doing that. Lock. PSB gets back in. Johnny Dingo and Salty Sleggy. And Detonator with a single bumps the line to 35. Thank you so much. A little, a little, little 15 away from 50. I think the beta is the 900 IQ play because I tell you what's going to happen. A beta, if it's tight and good and fun, are you good men and true? Like if it's tight, if it's good, if it's fun, then all that matters is that week is basically a honeymoon. It's a honeymoon memory. You ever do that? You ever go on a trip and you're like, oh my gosh, that place was amazing. That place was awesome. And all you have is the memory of that week. Have you ever gone back to a place like that and maybe you stay a little too long or 
it's not as good as the last time you were there. It's not as fresh. It's not as new. The weather's crappy or something. There's no chance for the veneer to fade. It's one week in, out. And people are like, dude, that was so much fun. Oh my gosh. Titanfall is back. And guess what they do? They walk into Modern Warfare 3 with that that in their memory. What do you think they're going to do when Modern Warfare 3 starts to get lame? What do you what do you think they're going to start to do once they get to that? It happens every single time without fail. It's I hate COD. I'm not getting the next COD. I'm hyped for COD. COD is back. I love COD. I hate COD. I'm uninstalling. It's like bleh, boom, bleh, boom. It's every single time. Stop saying tight, Jake Peralta. I've not actually watched that in a while. I mean tight, like not tight as in the guy from you know Breaking Bad, like Tuco. Tight, <laughs> tight, tight, tight. I'm not saying tight like that. I mean tight, like it feels good. It's it's tight. It it's it's solid. That's what I mean. I'm not saying like qualitatively tight. I'm saying like descriptively. It's tight. It holds. It holds well. It holds water. It's the same pattern every time with Call of Duty. I am never buying Call of Duty again. Bro, I'm so hyped. I just pre-ordered. Like, what? The frick? Here's the thing. You know, I know, Respawn knows, there's like a ticking clock. You get far enough in the Call of Duty... A, a, a month and a half, two months in, and guess what? Everybody's angry, everybody's complaining, everybody's disengaging. Player base is like, Meow. every time. That, that's when you launch. Yeah, the Tuco Mario, no, 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 no. The Tuco, the Tuco Avengers vid is perfect. Tuco Avengers vid is absolutely perfect. Thanos is like, I don't believe it. Um, people say that Call of Duty is dead, but it's usually the top-selling game on PlayStation. It's usually the top-selling game of the year. Like that, it, what what Vanguard was like the worst release in recent memory, and it was still like what the number one game that year in North America or something. I mean, come on. Even when even at their worst, they're still the best. Yes, that one, not Mario Kart. You're thinking of the perfect one. It's Mario Kart with Nick Cage and... Um, unbelievable. His name just left my brain. The, 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 the driving in the car, Nick Cage and Mando. I, I can't believe I can't think of his name. That's the Mario Kart one. That's the perfect one. I think remasters are fine. Keep in mind they're many places. Oh, I don't think we're getting any kind of a remaster unless you're talking about a completely different game. Oh, the rumors about a Last of Us 2 remaster. It doesn't need a remaster. That's a whole other subject. I, I think what PlayStation is doing is they're establishing a baseline of quality for all their property. They want everything to be at PS5 quality because there's rumors about it. Pedro Pascal, thank you. Yeah, there's a Pedro Pascal, Nicolas Cage, Mario Kart mashup that is brilliant it's probably the one of the best ones i personally think i'll give you 60 seconds on it 
what what Sony is trying to do is they're creating a baseline, a PlayStation Five baseline for all of their property, for literally all of their property. They want all their property to be at that baseline. There's rumors about a Horizon Zero Two remaster. You got the Last of Us Two, right? They want every single piece of their property to be at that quality because that's where they're they're going up from there. Like that's bottom level. If you buy up, if you you know you buy their console, that's what all their property looks and feels like, and then they're going to go up from there. PS5 Pro and 6 and up like they're creating a new baseline for property that's super close like if you look at you know TLU 2 and you look at HZD Horizon Zero Dawn and if you look at you know Death Stranding and, and, uh, and Ghost of Tsushima and God of War 2018 they're so dadgum close they just needed little updates well remasters might be in order for some titles that are a little bit too far away like you know God of War 2018 gets 4k checkerboard and a 60 FPS update it's good Tsushima gets a nice update with director's cut Death Stranding gets a nice update with this director's cut but then a couple of titles are maybe a little bit too far back they're like no 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 remaster those they're creating a baseline quality threshold that I think is is part of their ongoing strategy so that's not what today's about though that's just my brief thoughts on that I don't think it's a video or a talk show so I'm not cannibalizing content by giving you my thoughts on that. Um, a Titanfall 3 that leverages everything they've learned from Apex Legends could could be very good, but I, again, I think, that, I think the big challenge, the enormous challenge is do you make it an arena or do you make it do you make it an arena or do you make it a battle royale? If you make it a battle royale, it's like, why? You already have Apex Legends. Well, do you make it an arena shooter? I mean, arena shooters struggle. Do you think Respawn Parallel developed Jedi Survivor in Titanfall 3? Could explain Jedi's rough launch. Don't they have different teams? Factions will be a multiplayer mode in the TLU 2 remaster. Thank you for the $2 super chat tip. No. I don't think so. Everything we've heard, that's... No, no, that's not happening. Shadow dropped. So if you're just tuning in, there has been an increase in leaks, clues, hints, head nods, winks, whatever you want to call them, with respect to Titanfall 3. And the rumor currently is that they're going to shadow drop the game or do something on October the 31st when the Apex season ends. Apex's current season is called Resurrection. And when that comes to an end, um, there are people thinking, "Oh, they're gonna they're gonna shadow drop Titanfall 3. Now, I have argued pretty strongly today about why that would be a terrible idea. It would be more than deja vu. It would be it would be history repeating itself. Like, yeah, let's launch right before Call of Duty. Yeah, let's see how that goes. Let's let's take another ride on that dumb dumb merry-go-round. And it would be a terrible idea. I put forth that I think the 900 IQ play would be that you drop a beta. You do a Titanfall 3 beta from the 31st to November the 9th, and then your beta's over. Modern Warfare th- Modern Warfare 3 launches. Everybody has a fond memory of your beta going into Modern Warfare 3. When Call of Duty starts to hit their player slump, they always do. They always hit a player slump. They always hit a player exodus or downturn of, of morale. That's when you launch Titanfall 3. You launch in their valley... You get your you get your punch in with your beta, and then you just vanish. You're like, all right, see ya, peace. Don't even give people a release date. Don't even do it. Just say thanks for playing. We really appreciate it. We'll tell you more when there's more to tell you. All right? We'll see you when we see you. 
you just kind of go dark. And then, you know, halfway into the life of Modern Warfare 3, when usually Call of Duty is typically at its lowest point, they're going to start marketing the next game soon, usually, right? That's when you launch Titanfall 3. Your greatest chance of success is to not go head-on with Call of Duty. Put yourself sort of in the wake of the boat and ride those waves of like people are leaving they'll come play our game people are leaving they'll come play our game I think that's the strategy I do, I do not think you can take on Call of Duty head on I don't think you can they've already tried uh, many have tried and failed to even come close Modern Warfare 3 is a DLC listen I don't disagree with you. It's a lot of it's a lot of repurpose. It's a lot of maps that we've already played, you know, so that obviously cuts down on dev time for them. We know they were planning on doing an MW2 DLC. It's my contention that that's exactly what the campaign is. It's just a bunch of missions that they built to be DLC with Makarov, and they're padding it with open combat missions, which is them dropping you on a spec op size map with generic objectives and missions. It's not going to be a curated cinematic experience like Call of Duty typically is. Half the missions will be because they built half of a campaign because they were building a DLC. And that's what I think is going on. But that doesn't mean that Call of Duty isn't crazy. Like crazy big popular, crazy insane, don't go toe-to-toe with it. You don't want to try to, you know, you don't want to try to dance with the devil in the pale moonlight. Like, Call of Duty will kill you. It will. Even if they're, even if they have a bad launch, even if they don't do well, they're monolithic. Like, they're so big, like, they stand so tall that you'd be, you'd be foolish to go toe-to-toe with them. Fuzzy says in the uh, members-only Discord, he says, Cornea developers... There was already work done on Titanfall 3, so parallel development would have been a little easier. Maybe. They also answered questions about Titanfall 3 for years that made it seem like... They made it seem like they weren't doing anything with it. You know what I mean? They made it seem like, yeah, we typically don't do anything with this. Yeah, well, not not typically. I'm sorry. They 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 typically said in response, it sounded like it was like a post-it note in a boardroom, right? Yeah, well, you know, we're not really working on that right now. Our main our main focus is Apex. Like maybe one day, maybe one day. It always felt like a, yeah, you know, we might come back to it one time. You know, it was never, it never ever, it was never put forth as like a a priority. So they basically made it seem like it just wasn't going to happen, at least not anytime soon. Because a lion is asleep doesn't mean it's safe to punch it. (laughs) They said they were going to do new games every other year. Who said that? What are you talking about? You talking about Call of Duty? Oh, oh, oh. That was an internal email. They never officially announced that they were doing away with the annual release. That's not true. They never officially announced it. That was in someone's email. It was... I think I want to say it was April of last year. April of 2022 when that got discovered. Or maybe that was the time... That, maybe that was a timestamp on the email. Or the dates The dates on the email. Titanfall has the potential to overtake COD. They just got to play their cards right. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I don't think anybody has the potential to overtake COD. No. 
no no one can overtake Call of Duty. I think you can draft off of Call of Duty. You can draft. You can kind of sit in their wake and catch players leaving the game, but you cannot overtake a game of that size. Roadkill says, let's go. Hit the like button. Thanks, Roadkill, for the reminder, guys. Make sure you're doing that. You think Sony taking this chance to develop their own FPS due to Microsoft buying Activision before a 10-year agreement ends? Maybe. They'd have to justify the cost and the investment. You know, they're investing in shooters, but I don't know if they're investing in shooters to compete with COD. I don't think that's ever the goal. I think the goal is to create a variety of offerings, to create a variety of content, and then you say, look, we've got way more than just, you know, first per- uh, third-person, you know, single-player games. We've got multiplayer games. We've got shooter games. We've got, we've got a lot to offer. I, I don't necessarily know if anybody's going to have their sights set, Sony least of all, to say, well, we need to make a Call of Duty competitor. You're again, you're far better going almost like a lateral instead of like going directly at Call of Duty and making something that's clearly and obviously trying to be a replacement. I think you go lateral, you go you go out and you say, well, we're going to do something different. Yeah, it's a shooter, but and you have some kind of a hook or some kind of a game mode or something that's new, fresh or never been done before. I love a new SOCOM or Killzone. I mean, again, I just, I think if they do something like that, I don't think it would be billed as, or built as, like, yeah, let's let's try to compete here. Let's try to take them head on. I, I think that's a fatal mistake. It's a fatal mistake to, to, tr- to try to do that. Agreed on riding in the wake, but what happens when people realize that the party boat is no longer the one they're standing on and that COD boat doesn't have enough people on board to keep paying for fuel? I'm not sure what you're saying. So what happens when people realize that the party boat's no longer the one they're standing on and the COD boat doesn't have enough people on board to keep paying for fuel? I don't think COD will ever get that low. I don't know if Call of Duty is ever going to is ever going to experience that level of of player exodus or that level of of difficulty of like oh yeah we lost people we don't we don't have enough people to to pay you know what i'm saying i just don't think so i really really don't i they they it'll be i think they could get there one day where like their player base is smaller Maybe their revenue funnel smaller, their footprint smaller, their market pull smaller. But I think that takes a long time. I really do. I don't think that's a quick process. They've had some absolute stinkers of games, and then they always manage to bounce back. Sometimes I wonder if the bad launches serve the next launch. Does that make sense? It's like if they have a really, really bad launch, it doesn't suddenly create a bunch of people that are like, I I hate Call of Duty forever it's like well the be- the next one better be better it's like they already it's like you almost you almost earn loyalty by giving them something bad at this point you give them vanguard and they're like what the f is this and then the next game that comes out everyone's like this is it this is going to be so much better than the last time 
they're so big it's hard for them to fail if that makes sense if that makes sense you don't replace the biggest shooter in the world with a clone you have to create something that can stand next to cod but is different when it becomes exclusive i mean i don't know i yeah i don't know if that's a possibility you know maybe after 10 years but even then you'd have to justify the revenue loss that's a lot of money that's a lot of money if there's an alternative that people keep seeing as delivering good content and gameplay and Ka keeps letting the players down, I could see a situation where people don't want to pay $70 for the same game every year and they just pay for Titanfall once with the season pass or 10 or 15 every quarter. I just think it's incredibly hard. I just think it's incredibly hard to, to take players from that game perma- in, in, in a more permanent or more loyal sense. You think Titanfall has a better chance knowing Microsoft is about the 343 Call of Duty. I mean, I I honestly don't know. I don't know if they're going to do anything to Call of Duty or to Call of Duty Studios Lurker. I think that they stand... It, it's way more likely that they don't touch it. It's way more likely that they, they just leave it alone for, for the foreseeable future and say, listen, you've got too many studios, you've got too much leadership and too much management, too much structure... We're not getting involved. We we don't we don't we're not touching it. Now I don't know what that does to, to contract policies. I don't know because I mean three four three got to the point where like half their staff was on a contract. I don't know if that was a slow process. I don't know how that happened, but you know you obviously wouldn't want that happening to all the studios that are ma- you know helping to make Call of Duty. That would probably be pretty destructive to the creative process and their ability to crank out. I mean. It seems like a Herculean effort. They've got how many employees did we read in that recent article? Like three thousand or something? I don't even know. It's an unbelievable amount working on Call of Duty in some facet. In in some measure, they've got what is it, eleven studios? I don't even know. If you start messing with that, I I, I mean that's just such a revenue cash cow for, for whoever is the owner. I don't know if they would want to do that. I love Titanfall, but do you think it's too complicated for casual FPS players to enjoy? One thing that makes COD so appealing is it's pretty basic. Not much map interaction and usually no vehicles. You're talking about a generation that's building mini malls in in Fortnite. I mean, one of the reasons that Fortnite became impossible to play for people like myself is... I couldn't build like that. I couldn't edit like that. I wasn't at that level. You run into one player that can build like that, and it's like, I would, you know, just put the mouse and keyboard down. Like, I'm done. I can't build a mini mall in two seconds. So, I mean, you've got, I don't, I don't know if you need to keep things like brain dead simple to maintain a player base. I also don't know if Titanfall is that complicated of a game. They had a handful of guns, pretty, in, I would say, very intuitive movements. Some equipment, right, with grenades and what the one, what was it, like a debt pack or a C4 pack or something. I don't, I don't actually think it's that, I don't think it's that complicated. Zero build mode's the best out there. I would love it if the Fortnite zero build mode first person, like, actually became a reality. I think that would be dope. 
The dancing in Fortnite triggers me. <clears throat> I don't see why new gen gamers can't grasp mechs and wall running, especially all these Apex fans are going to fall in love with Titanfall. Yeah, I mean, Apex has got a lot of similar movement. I mean, Apex has more than movement. It's got all the abilities. It's got the attachments. It's got... It's got a lot. I don't think it's like this. I don't think you need to be like dumb, dumb, run and shoot Call of Duty simplistic to be successful. I think Titanfall's biggest barrier is the fact that arena shooters have no chance. I don't think they have a chance and you already have a battle royale. Can you guys do me a favor and smash that like button, man? Get us a 300 likes. We only need 20 more. If you haven't done so already, hit subscribe so you can talk in the chat. Let us know what you think about Titanfall 3. Rumors of a shadow drop. Seems kind of crazy. Seems like it wouldn't happen. No other game has come great to how great the wall running is in Titanfall. Isn't the wall running in Apex basically the exact same? It's the same basic movement, isn't it? Titanfall isn't that complicated. In Titanfall 2, you really didn't have to bunny hop all over the place in Spider-Man Grapple Hook. You could just do close quarters combat in buildings, taking NPCs and players. I mean, yo, thank you so much. DK Baker with another gifted member. Currently, I owe you guys five. You're running out of time. If you want to hit that big goal today, we will be uh, we will not be doing a stream with Mike. There will not be a VIP stream today either, but there is a members-only stream this evening at 8 p.m. Eastern with my wife. And if you want us to play a scary game, y'all are going to have to go insane in like the next 20 or 30 minutes because uh, I am hanging out with my parents today and uh, I called it. I called it. They wanted a slow morning. So we're going to like have lunch and then go and then go pick them up. So I told y'all, I was like, I think I can do a show in the morning. I said, I think they're going to want a slow morning. And they, they, they said that like verbatim. I was like, I knew it. <laughs> I told you, what was that yesterday? Where were we? Where were we? Uh, we were in the writer's room and I told you all that. I was like, I, I think I know what they're going to do. You think the Titanfall 2 movement is superior to Apex Legends? Yeah, I mean, it's it's always going to feel you know, different or subjective to the player. I I didn't I don't think I've played enough Apex to weigh in on that. I just loved Titanfall. I thought Titanfall was super fun. You know. I thought I thought it was I thought it was fun. Yeah, Mike Mike was uh Mike had a birthday party. Uh he had a family birthday last week. That's why we didn't do a stream last week. How much you get your parents on? They would not want to come on a stream. Milestone for Lono's parents to be in Friday night? No. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. You can wall run in Apex, but you can't run along the walls as you shoot. There were some really, really fun missions in Titanfall 2's campaign that utilized a lot of the wall running. And it was really, really fun. It was really fun. It was some spots in Jedi Survivor that just reminded me of that. It wasn't like it, but just the idea of like moving walls and then using them. I thought that was I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, in Titanfall 2, I thought it was cool, but it was also pretty cool in Jedi Survivor. Um cannot wall run in Apex. You can wall bounce. Oh, people were saying you could wall run. Cannot wall run an apex, you can only climb. Oh. 
Why were people saying you could wall run? I have not played Apex in years, so I was just thinking like, oh, they added wall running or whatever. It was like, I I thought it had the same basic movement as uh, as Titanfall. And somebody said, yeah, the wall running's better. And I was like, oh, like I've, I've literally played Apex. When was the last time I played Apex? Was that like a year ago for like, I forget what we were doing. I played with a couple of people here. I've just never been a big fan of it. I was I was never a huge fan of it. It's not my cup of tea. I'm not a real PvP guy anymore. I played uh, I played um, Call of Duty for like a decade, and I was like, I just don't want to play these games anymore. They're just I, you just get kind of burned out on some game types, and a decade of Call of Duty just kind of fried my desire to play PvP games. I'd rather slow burn my way through. A campaign or something like Phantom Liberty or, you know, AC Mirage or something or Jedi Survivor or, you know, that's I've like, I've really shifted in my preferences as a gamer. I have. Mm. <clears throat> if they made a hybrid between the competitiveness of Valorant and CS2 and COD, it would knock it out of the park. Um, I mean, there's always the dilemma of going buffet style and just like grabbing from a bunch of other games. I think that can work, but I think that can also rob your game of an identity. It just feels like a hodgepodge of, um, of like other game ideas. Uh, I think that's a dilemma right now that we're seeing with a lot of the photorealistic looter shooters that are on the way. You know, you have Project LLL, and then you have the first Ascendant. Um, I swear there's a third one that I keep forgetting. But I think art style is where games are going to start having to focus their attention to have a unique identity. This is something that I think Fortnite really nailed, and obviously a lot of people kind of tried to copy it. You know, Realm Royale looked a lot like Fortnite. We've seen some games come out recently that just kind of rem- like they're reminiscent of the art style. Um, so I think you need to lean into art style more and more as a developer if you want to stand out and be recognizable. Does that make sense? Like, you've... Like, cyberpunks, not just their marketing, but their world and the people and the characters. Like, it just has, like, a feel and, like, a vibe. And I think that's a big, big difficulty right now is a lot of companies, a lot of dev teams have really focused on, well, let's use this engine and let's use this lighting. Let's go for photorealistic environments and shading and shadows. And then it's like, well, okay, your game just looks like a handful of other games that have kind of done the same thing. You need art direction. Like you look at Elden Ring, and you know, yeah, that's Elden Ring. Elden Ring has a has an art style to it. Uh, Sekiro has an art style to it. Final Fantasy sixteen has an art style to it. It's not just like, yeah, here's a bunch of photorealistic people and environments and trees and swords. It's it's got like a feel. It's got like a vibe. So I think that's going to be a big challenge. A lot of companies have pivoted pretty heavy towards Unreal five and ray tracing and the Unreal Engine look. I don't agree that Unreal Engine has a look because Hellblade 2 is is being made in Unreal and so is Fortnite. 
the idea that like oh, Unreal, the Unreal Engine has a look is is not what it is. It's a stylization. It's like if you go for photorealistic lighting, shading, world, textures, whatever, you're just automatically going to look like other games doing the same thing. Like a tree looks like a tree. A field of grass and a river and, and a sky and a, and a sun. It, they just they're generally going to look the same because what let me take a picture of a backyard that's got grass and a tree and then let me go a couple yards down the road and do it again it's like well yeah it just looks like outside you can only do so much with photorealism before it's like well one game kind of looks like the last game that makes sense so guys do me a favor let's get 10 more likes on the video i'm going to go ahead and gift the 5 members that I owe you guys. Let me do that very quickly. And if you're one of the lucky ones that gets a gifted membership here, hey, my little icons are gone now. Yesterday when I went to gift members, all the icons were like really cool and colorful. Now they're back to normal. I wonder why they changed that. Oh, well, I owe you guys five members. I liked it. I thought they were nice looking. They might be testing new UI elements or something. All right, there's the five that I owe you. There we go. If you're one of the lucky ones that gets a gifted membership every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern, I hang out with my wife. We typically start the stream by talking with you guys, hanging out, just having some drinks and some laughs. And uh, whenever we do that, we typically then end the night with a game. I actually don't know what we should play tonight. Um, I don't know. I've been thinking. I'm like, I'm not sure what we could play. We had our eyes, uh, we had our eyes on a couple of like goofy games, silly games. Uh, we didn't hit the 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 Fright Night member goal just yet. You guys might end up hitting that next week, because um, you put a big dent into it this week. And if we hit that next week, we'll be looking for some scary games. There's a couple dark pictures games that we haven't finished yet. There was the one where we were like in the desert or something, like excavating, and we were really enjoying that one. Currently at twenty five oh four. Jackbox. No, that's a community game night. That's another incentive. We don't we don't do a community game night just willy-nilly. It takes a lot of work to put that together because I gotta get everything set up and then we tend to it tends to stream longer and then we gotta put the code in the VIP room and everything, and it's like it's a lot more involved than just like sitting down and playing a game. So there are uh we, that is something that we do. We want to do like uh community game nights like whether it's Fall Guys or Fortnite or Jackbox. But that's an incentive. That's not something we just do because it takes a lot of work. Sometimes even we have to like pull a different device in the room. I've got to sometimes set up a second computer or separate monitor if we're going to do something like that. So, I don't like ragdoll games, but Party Animals had been hilarious. Oh, I can't stand all those games. I cannot stand all those games. They, they, they all use that same engine, like Rubber Bandits and Gang Beasts. No, thank you. Like, they're just... They feel so uninspired. I just don't like them. No, that's a terrible idea. Sea of Thieves is a terrible idea. Every time we play Sea of Thieves, I just get irritated. <laughs> I don't... I, I, I always want to enjoy it and have fun with it. And I just end up getting irritated. So... Love to get your opinion on Baldur's Gate. Any chance you'll come back around to it? 
I said the other day that the only way I can play Baldur's Gate 3 is if my wife wants to play because that's generally the only time I can play games is like with with her, especially a game like that. And I don't think she has any desire to play it. So, and truth be told, it's just too dense of a game. We we can play in an evening for maybe an hour and a half. And it's like imagine playing Baldur's Gate 3. We can't play most nights. So we could probably play two, maybe three nights a week for an hour and a half. Imagine trying to play Baldur's Gate 3 for, you know, three hours a week, maybe. I just feel like we would immediately, maybe not immediately, we would just like, we wouldn't feel like we're getting anywhere. It was like, I feel like the people that play that game put tons of time in and we're just not in a season of life where we can do that we're really busy it's like some nights we've got soccer other nights we've got stuff with church other nights we've got date night other nights we've got you know uh like therapy other nights i'm hanging out with y'all on like a friday other nights we have like a we like a movie night that we do on saturdays like sundays are like fully booked it's just like we're in a season of life where it's like i can't really play games for long periods of time it just doesn't work and yeah, Baldur's Gate 3 at 3 hours a week would take 10 years to beat it, you know? And it's it's one of those games where it's like, I can see how great it is. I'm like, that game looks amazing. Everybody's singing its praises, but it's like, we're just not at a time in our life where we can play it, you know? We need something like, we were, you know, we were hoping that Diablo 4 would be that game. We were hoping that Diablo 4 would be like a, a casual sit down on the game uh, I'm sorry sit down on the couch and play a game for you know an hour and a half or so we were really hoping that that game could be that but you know Diablo 4 just didn't it just didn't land it just did not land in a very good spot with a lot of people and you know stop having a fulfilling and enjoyable life come be miserable and sink thousands of hours in a game yeah when does Lono have time for himself I mean when you get married and have children that's a that's a weird notion to care about like I don't (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Time for myself. Like, what is that? <laughs> I don't know what that is, but you know, I people that people that prioritize that I think sometimes put set themselves up for frustration. It's like I I'm not prioritizing time for myself, right? I got other people that depend on me, and they matter more than video games. So. I started in uh, I started it myself and I'm not really a CRPG guy, but it's great so far. The combat and the turn-based stuff is the weakest part for me. I don't think the turn-based stuff would have bothered us. I think we would have liked the turn-based stuff because, you know, if it's like a quick there's a, there the, the thing my wife hates the most in gaming is platforming, like jumping and platforming. Uh, she hates that. So if it's something that requires like quick reflexes or quick response time, she's like, "No. No thank you." Um, so I think the turn-based stuff actually would have been really enjoyable. Overcooked 2? Yeah, we did everything in Overcooked 2. That was a game we played a lot. Uh, we did, like, every single area. We did every single thing at three stars. We did, uh, It Takes Two, the video game. We really liked that. Um, I've been meaning to maybe go back to Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. The problem is, is I've played the opener of that game, I think, like, five separate times. We were doing it for streams and different things. And every time I get started with it, I'm like, we just, you know what I mean? It's like, whenever you do that with a game, we did like a couple of streams where we started and we started and we started. And then it was like, okay, 
I wanted to play it with her because we played all of the Borderlands games together. Grounded? No, I'm not really a fan of Grounded. I don't think that would be good for us either. Like, that's survival games or... I don't know. That's just not really Madam's cup of tea. We like a, a nice, laid-back, you know, fun, you know, not super serious game. And, like, survival games can get a little serious and a little demanding because you're, you know, you're having to, like, maintain stuff. And, yeah, I just... I didn't. I wasn't. I wasn't huge on uh, on spiders. Helldivers two looks really fun, but again, I don't know if that's going to be like a casual game for Madam and I. That game kind of looks tough. Like they were they were getting blown up and 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 murdered <laughs> in the latest trailer. You know. Um. Appreciate the perspective. I just know that the experience with Baldur's Gate would provide some great context for discussions about the current state of gaming. It's really a shining star. I mean, again, I I wish I had time for it, but you know, I I just don't. You know, I know people like to give me grief about not playing games, but like you know, I'm I don't I'm sorry they're at a place in life where they're miserable and they don't understand like what it's like to have a life of with commitments and responsibilities and children like I've never once been like oh shucks I gotta go coach my daughter's game I wish I could do a four hour Baldur's Gate session like I just don't prioritize those things they don't matter to me like I'm making time for completing games that can be piecemealed I did that with uh, I did that with Jedi Survivor I was doing that with Final Fantasy 16 now I'm doing it with Phantom Liberty so it's like when I can chisel away at a game I'm going to Baldur's Gate 3 is not a game you can chisel away at. It just isn't. It's designed for... Uh, my wife's friend like texted her and was like, Hey, do you guys still play video games together? She's like, yeah. She's like, have you guys played Baldur's Gate 3? She's like, well, we tried it, but you know, we just haven't really had time to, to do anything with it. And her friends put in like 64 hours or something like that. And it's just like, <laughs> what? Like, that would take us... At three hours a week, I mean, that's 12 hours a month. That would take us half a year to even get close to where her friend was. And it's like, yeah, no, I don't think so. We're not going to do that. The words commitment and responsibilities not usually go hand in hand with happiness. Quite the opposite. I mean, if you're an extended adolescent, maybe, but if you're a mature adult, I don't agree with that. I think commitments and responsibility can very much lead to happiness. Like, I'm not, st- I'm not a child. Like, <laughs> I, I think like, having commitments and responsibilities is a great source of happiness and satisfaction and contentment. I don't buffing up against that. I think is why people are unhappy. You know, I don't know. I've never once thought that the commitments and responsibilities I have to my family are a cause for unhappiness. I, I think quite the opposite. It's why I don't feel the need to fight against it. Like, oh, I'm going to have my time. I need to be able to play video games. Like, I I think the two actually can go hand in hand. I think they should. I think if they went hand in hand, people would probably feel more satisfied in their life. Seeing that, like there's a higher calling than fighting for everything that you want. I don't know. Like live the live the life the way you want, but like I like having responsibilities and commitments. Like it's it gives you a sense of satisfaction, it gives you it gives a sense of purpose, you know? I think too many people fight against that. 
And then I think leisure's more enjoyable, truly. I actually think I enjoy games more now because I play them in those small in those small doses and like there's a higher level of potency. So like an hour and a half in Cyberpunk feels amazing. Like it feels remarkable. Now, if I played for like nine hours on a Saturday, I don't know if I would feel that way. I feel like you get blunted by it. It doesn't hit as it doesn't hit as strong. Now, obviously, if that's your life, right? If you work like a crazy person Monday through Friday and then you kind of binge on the weekend, that might be able to hit that level of potency for you. But for me personally, in my in my own experiences, it's like the the enjoyment of games and the potency of games has gone i think has gone up for me by having them not be such a priority and having them be more of like a yeah i'll play an hour and a half here and there and then you get to sort of soak in everything that's going on whether it's like a story a cutscene a dialogue scene action or you know whatever i think that's maybe why i'm enjoying games that have like a slower pace and like a focus on story and cinematics and in the past that used to drive me crazy i'm like get to the action get to the action those of you that remember my destiny coverage i sort of celebrated when story was given a back seat and they focused on the content loop because that's all that mattered to me i was like i don't care about story just you know give me something to shoot right give me something to shoot give me something to loot that was kind of all i cared about i've really in the last, I would say, two and a half years kind of changed and evolved as a gamer. Like, I, I, I think I prize and enjoy different things. Do you know what I'm saying? And I think everybody's in a different spot. Like, certain games you'll find... Certain games I think you'll find to be more enjoyable at different times in your life, you know? Like back in the day, all I ever wanted was co-op because I would play with my buddy. And then I went through a time where, yeah, I was really enjoying single player games. Now I'm kind of in a mixed bag. It's like I love single player games, but man, would I love some co-op to play with Madam or to play with my kiddos. So I've kind of got, you know, a, a palette and a, and a desire for like those two types of games now. And I have like no desire to play PvP. Generally, that's where... Generally, that's where I land right now. It's like, PvP, no thank you. I love single player. I love something I can, like, just slowly soak in the story. I also love the fact that, like, Assassin's Creed Mirage is the length that it is. I'll be able to hopefully play that off stream eventually, like, once I'm through. Once I'm through with Phantom Liberty, I'll be playing probably Spider-Man. I'm glad that Spider-Man isn't insanely crazy, right? It's about 20 hours, you know, for the story, 30 for completionist. You know, I've actually, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But in the midst of all that single player, I, man, I would love a really good co-op game uh, to play with Madam. It's the PvP stuff that I look at and I'm just like, yeah, no thanks. I, I've done enough of that, you know. I played Quake 2 and then Quake 3 and then Unreal Tournament and then 10 years of Call of Duty. It's like, I was there when these PvP games were born and I feel like I was kind of there when they died and we're reborn into something else and it just doesn't it just doesn't line up with how I how I like to play and what I enjoy, you know. I work at least 12 hours a day and my Friday nights to Sunday are the days that I get to do what I really want. Right, and I think that can be healthy, like, you know, I just I think a lot of the times 
folks are confused by my lack of priority of like, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, burn through these games or play these games for like long periods of time or whatever. Like, I guess I'm not allowed to praise Baldur's Gate three or something because I haven't played it. But you can look at something that's amazing and 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 talk about its impact without playing it, right? Like if there was a a really, really amazing and impactful movie. And you could talk about, man, look at the impact this is having. Look at the impact it's having on the, you know, the, the, the media and the public. And you haven't seen it yet, but you can still commentate on like what it's doing and, and, and what's happening. Even if you haven't necessarily played it. Um, you could have, you could have easily, I think, had good commentary on why you thought Elden Ring was having an impact with respect to being an open world game uh, an open world game melded with the Souls format, a Souls format melded with having good accessibility. Well, maybe not good accessibility, good approachability with like summons. And you could talk about all of that and not have actually played Elden Ring. Now, playing Elden Ring, you could put meat on the bones and say, well, here has been my experience with summoning. Here's been my experience with the open world exploration. But I think generally speaking, even somebody who hadn't played Elden Ring could talk about the impact that Elden Ring had. We're already sort of starting to see games replicating and being influenced by Elden Ring. Same thing with Breath of the Wild. You could talk about Breath of the Wild, talk about its scope, its size, its open world, nature, and the impact it's having on other games, and you didn't necessarily have to... You didn't necessarily have to play it. Does that make sense? I want to hear your perspective on specific mechanics, character interactions, story beats... I think the thing that I was most interested in Baldur's Gate 3 that makes me wish I had time for it was the freedom aspect. Um, That was something I always loved in Breath of the Wild and even more so in Tears of the Kingdom. Like, you could take really unique approaches to, like, solving things. And I think that that was where I was the most interested in, you know, you can pretty much do whatever you want. I was like, okay, let let me test that. I think it was... Was it Shroud who said in all the hours he poured into Baldur's Gate 3, there were two times he wanted to do something or tried to do something and it didn't work. And every other time he wanted to do something or tried to do something and the game let him. He was he was, he was was sort of riffing on the differences between Starfield and Baldur's Gate 3 with respect to freedom and choices. And he was like, there was maybe two times that I was like, oh, maybe I can do this and I couldn't. He's like, every other thing I dreamed up, I could do. That was the thing I was interested in. I was like, I really wanted to push against that. I just, I'm just not in a place where I have time. You know, it's a bummer. There's really good games I don't have time for. I'd love to dedicate weekly play sessions to No Man's Sky in PSVR 2. I'd love to replay Sekiro. I'd love to do a lethal playthrough of Ghost of Tsushima. Um, I have all these things I'd love to do with games. You know, I've got books I want to write. I've got projects I want to do. I've got a Lego channel I'd love to feed content. It's just like, like, there's just things you just have to let go of sometimes. You're like, I would love to do that. I can't right now, you know? You guys definitely played Baldur's Gate 3 opener in your own unique way. There's always the potential that maybe that's what we do with it. Maybe like every Friday night we play and just you guys get to enjoy the hilarity of the of the nonsense of us being completely outside of those types of games, just playing them like a couple of knuckleheads. Um, 
there's potential I think there's potential hilarity in content there again I would just worry about us not really making any progress we just wouldn't get anywhere you know what you writing I have three fiction book sketch three fiction books sketched out two of them would be trilogies and then I have like books oriented around like like ministry stuff for the church like I've it's it's all sketched out in my brain I've got chapter names chapter headings chapter formats um yeah it's and it's all just floating out there <laughs> I have content ideas I have channel ideas you know you just can't you can't do it all you got to do you got to stick to your core competence you got to do what's you know what's working you got to do what's what's providing you know it's kind of the way that goes basically okay any non-fiction yeah some of it would be fiction some of it would be non-fiction yeah I have a book on like tech integration that I want to write um so I just every once in a while add to add to the sketch add to the outline add to the idea of it you know it just it's just one of those things I don't know I've always kind of had that that spinner in my head of like there's like there's like eight things going on at once, multiple ideas, multiple concepts, you know. And then sometimes you get to act on them and it's awesome. And then other times you just wait. You know? Some of these could be things I do whenever I retire, whenever I walk away from the chair, you know, whenever my kids have moved away or maybe not moved away but moved out. You know? There's always there's always the potential that something like that happens. So, no, I will not be playing the Modern Warfare Three beta. I don't really have any interest in in playing Call of Duty anymore. We threw a lot at Modern Warfare Two, and uh, it just didn't work. It really, it really hurt us because people that consume Call of Duty content don't really consume anything else, you know, in large numbers. And we dedicated a lot of time to uh to modern warfare 2 and then the spec ops and the raid content where i was planning on spending a lot of time it just really fell flat so i don't really have any desire to to uh to go on that merry-go-round again because i don't think they're going to do what i would need them to do i think they're going to primarily focus on the pvp and Warzone, and those are just arenas that i just <laughs> i don't want to play them and there'd be, it'd be it would be fruitless like we just don't have a lot of pull there so um okay all right well that does it i'm gonna call it there uh we i didn't even plan to go this long we we uh we wanted to do this show and get this topic out there before you know i kind of took the weekend off but there is an evening stream tonight so be back here in eight hours if you are a member any level member can be here tonight for the madam stream we hang out we have some drinks we have some laughs i don't know what we're gonna play tonight uh we'll just kind of figure that out and then uh yeah if we don't see you tonight hope you have a great weekend we'll see you monday whole other week of shows and stuff going on next week and i believe there's some releases next week i can't remember i feel like there are i feel like there are some releases uh next week and i'm I'm not remembering forza motorsport we won't do anything with that that's not um, that's not something that I that I cover. Oh, Lords of the Fallen's next week. That's right, Lords of the Fallen. So, no, Mike. 
No, no, Mike. I, my parents are in town. My parents are in town, so I'm taking the afternoon off. Okay, so no VIP stream, no Mike. Uh, my my parents are in town. I'm taking the I'm taking the afternoon off. We're gonna go get some lunch and hang out, you know, with the kiddos. It's also uh, we're gonna be celebrating my uh, my son's birthday to, uh, this weekend as well. So you guys are the best. Do me a favor if you really enjoyed today's show loop back on the video and leave a comment and make sure that you press like this is no longer a live stream as soon as i'm done streaming it becomes a normal video and it's good to have some comments down there to spur on discussion so if you guys really like the titanfall 3 discussion make sure and do that loop back leave a comment on this as soon as i'm done streaming and i hope to see you tonight for the member stream if i don't have a great weekend we'll see you monday